Welcome to C.S. Joseph Podcast. I'm your host, C.S. Joseph. Today's question for this podcast episode is, please tell me what the difference is between unconscious development and subconscious development within the octogram. This is a great question. A lot of people out there don't really know what octogram is. We have a lot of octogram content right now behind the paywall at uh, csjoseph.life forward slash portal where you can log in. And if you'd like to become a journeyman member, just go to csjoseph.life forward slash members. So, what's the difference between unconscious development and subconscious development within the octogram? Basically, it all goes down to, uh, if you guys can, and, and hopefully, um, you know, we have a card showing up here in the video uh, for you folks to click on. There's a particular article at csjoseph.life forward slash blog, or it might be forward slash content. I don't remember off the top of my head. But John Bodine recently wrote an article about the temple wheels. So go to, or you just go to csjoseph.life, go to the, the blog area, go to search, and then search for temple wheels, right? Search the temple wheels and read the article or all of the article content on temple wheels so you can actually understand what they're for and what they mean. But basically, it's about the shadow pole and the aspiration pole, right? You know, it, it's kind of like a spectrum, and, and this particular acolyte who asked this question, they're asking it from the perspective of like, is it really a spectrum? Yes, it is. It's a spectrum between which pole, which of the poles within your octogram are you leaning towards? And guys, I know that we haven't really talked about octogram as much as we've talked about human nature, and octogram is literally human nurture. It's the nurture component, right? From Jungian analytical psychology, four sides of the mind. The octogram is absolutely critical. It is critical. The octogram is literally everything. It, it permeates, nurture permeates everything in life. Because like, remember, human beings are a Venn diagram. First circle is their nature. The second circle is their nurture. Nature being who they are on the type grid. Nurture being where they are on the octogram. Put them together and then the piece in the middle between the two circles, that's the human being. That's the particular person, right? An octogram means everything. You can get with your golden pair, but if you have an incompatible octogram, it's not going to work out. So like, like, so I'm an ENTP UDUF, so I would want to be with an INTJ woman who is also UDUF. You want to have the same octogram as uh, your golden pair. The reason why is because we're not competing for the same origins. Because I'm UDUF, I care about two parts. I'm two parts reverence. I care about reverence twice as much as I care about satisfaction versus a UDUF uh, INTJ woman. She cares, she's, she's two parts satisfaction. She cares about being satisfied twice as much as she cares about her main origin, which is reverence, also known as deep respect. So her being UDUF and me being UDUF, we have the lowest chances of our nurturers stepping on each other's toes, basically to facilitate the relationship, right? That's what the relationship is all about. And that's how, you know, octogram related compatibility actually matters. It's not enough to be with your golden pair. It's not enough to be with your natural pair. There's so many different kinds, so many different combinations that you gotta be aware of. You gotta, you gotta concern yourself with octogram compatibility as much as you have to concern yourself with individual types. And right now, we're actually going in deep on the 16 types right now in the journeyman section behind the paywall where we're discussing 
what exactly do the four different variants of Octogram for each of the 16 types actually look like. And you guys can check it out. I already have two episodes out and another two episodes are about to release before the month is over. I highly recommend it and definitely check it out. But the point is, wow, this is a really good, this is a really good one. Very flavorful. Thank you, thank you for this one. Mm. Now, this is one that was given to me as a gift. Uh, and there's a particular member of the audience who did uh, gift me uh, these, and they've been, they've been really fantastic. I'm really enjoying them. I was shocked as to how good they were, actually. So, be that as it may. Um, so, unconscious development basically means you are much closer to your shadow pole from a temple will perspective, and subconscious development means you're a lot closer to your aspiration pole. And this literally shows up in terms of your specific behavior as a person. It's literally what it's all about. It's all about your specific behavior. So my shadow pole is malevolence, but my, uh, my aspiration pole is fanaticism. And a fanatical ENTP is somebody who like, is a fan of some person and they just hop from being a fan of this person to 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 this person. And they're always trying to get other people to become fans of that particular person, place, or thing, or XYZ noun. Hey, I had this really good experience, or hey, this person knows what they're talking about. Go check them out. They're like this, um, it's kind of like that cheerleader ENTP kind of a thing. And you can kind of see my fanaticism open, you know, rear its ugly head sometimes when you're talking about... Uh, When I'm talking about like, hey, go read Robert Greene or go read uh, Matthew Hussey or XYZ author that we have available at csjoseph.life forward slash reading, right? All those are there and definitely available, right? So the point is, you know, my fanaticism is there, but it's just not as strong. I'm far more malevolent. And malevolent means is that I have this thing where I actually cause other people to suffer for their benefit. That means I'm basically kind of a dick or an asshole, basically. I really am. That's because I'm malevolent. I'm malevolent. I am causing other people to feel the same suffering that I suffered. Why? Because I have heavily benefited from my suffering. And so sometimes I make other human beings suffer as well for their benefit so that they can learn lessons so that they can get stronger because the lessons that I learn from my suffering and my pain in my life have made me stronger. And that's what a malevolent ENTP looks like. Therefore, because I'm closer to the malevolent uh, shadow pole of my octogram instead of my fanaticism uh, aspiration pole of my octogram, that means I am unconscious developed. It means I have developed my INTJ shadow throughout my life more so than, than I have with my subconscious development. <laughs> How this happens? Childhood. Childhood is where, uh, and, and potentially adolescence, but mostly childhood is where a person's cognitive development, if they're unconscious developed or subconscious developed, actually comes from. This is literally how Octogram works, okay? Maybe we need to rename this episode how uh, cognitive development in the octogram actually works. That'd, that'd probably be a much better name for this episode, let's be honest. But um, be that as it may. Woo, it's getting cold. Need to fix that. Give me a second here.
Oh, much better. That is really high. I should probably move that down. Give me a second. Sorry about this, folks. I, it's kind of annoying, I know. But gotta get this down because it's like way up there. Maybe we'll edit this out of the video for y'all. This is ridiculous. And, uh... Alright, so hopefully it doesn't move too much. I'll have to pay attention to it. My poor... My, my, my microphone, right? Much better now that I have my hood up. My goodness. So. So. Childhood is ultimately where a person's cognitive development is decided. And if I was, you know, if the environment that I grew up in as a child was very disabling to me, I had to basically develop my INTJ shadow. If I'm more enabled, if my ego is more enabled by the environment that I was brought up in, then I would have ended up becoming more subconscious development. I would have had room for aspiration. This is why someone like Taylor Swift, who has been hella enabled as a child within her childhood, she became subconscious developed. She would have been unconscious developed if she was more disabled. But because I was entirely disabled as a child, you know, being brought up in a family who put the church above me, which is sad, but I get it, it happens. You know, my parents were just trying to do the right thing. I don't necessarily like judge them for it. I just, I understand why they did it and I understand that it happened and it sucked for me, but you know, it's fine. Like I'm okay with how I turned out. And I do love my parents, even though my parents are not exactly fans of me, you know. And that's, that's another issue entirely, but especially since my father made it very clear to me that I'm a very unpleasant person to be around. No shit. I am a very unpleasant person to be around, let's be honest. But it's because of my childhood. And most firstborns often are disabled because the parents are making most of their mistakes with their firstborn. This is why traditionally firstborns would inherit everything because they had to deal with their parents, you know, making a lot of mistakes, right? And that ended up becoming a huge, huge problem. So yeah, like, it's really important to just be aware of that dichotomy, what's happening. But yes, cognitive development, it's basically a spectrum between whether or not someone's closer to their shadow pole or their aspiration pole. And that's how you basically measure cognitive development within Octogram. So anyway, folks, thanks for watching and listening, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.